listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Well, welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy Barbara Cameron. Hello, everyone. Ready to splash you with a little love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. And Splash Zone is going overseas today. Hooey. <laughs> So I have a question for everyone and for you, buddy. Mm. What do you do when God calls you to do something crazy? I'm talking like Moses, Esther, ark building, (laughs) lion taming, walk on water, crazy. What do you do? What is your first reaction to that? Pray. Yeah, pray. Pray. Or bolt. (laughs) You know, I I was reading this this book. I'm forgetting who it's from, so I can't even give a shout out to it. But it says, if you want to run away from God, Satan will provide transportation. (laughs) Isn't that great? You want to run away from God? Satan will provide transportation (laughs) for you. Hello, Jonah, right? Um, But today's guest is, she's like my niece, Uh, you know, my little Rachie. She calls me Aunt Shalene. But I've known her since she was born, the day she was born, and she has blessed my life. But she is about to splash you all with a tidal wave of love, laughter. She's one of the most courageous Mm -hmm. young wives, mothers, I know. So everyone just lean in. Please welcome to the Splash Zone, Rachel Chan Clark. <laughs> She's like, wow, Angeline. It, it never ceases to amaze me how many people still call me Rachel Chan Clark because they just can't get past the fact that I'm no longer a Chan. They've Right, exactly. You are allowed to call me Rachel Chan Clark for as long as you want. Thank you. I love that you're Rachel Clark, Rachel Clark, but I'm reading the notes from my writer and she even put it in here. Some of you listening, isn't that funny? Many of you might know Rachel's dad, Francis Chan, Mm -hmm. internationally recognized preacher, author, former pastor. He was my pastor pastor. for 20 years. Yeah, both of ours at Cornerstone and Simi Valley. But Rachel is no stranger to not just being raised by godly parents, mm-hmm. but making that her own mm-hmm. and coming to that on her own. And her husband, who's been an elder, I don't know if you know no, this, I but didn't. Justin, her husband, was an elder um, up in San Francisco. That's how you two met, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I met him through um, the inner city ministry that my father started in San Francisco. Um, That's sweet. He wow. was managing the home and my parents would talk about him whenever I came home from school. So... I did meet him through my parents' ministry. Can you take us back? Because I think sometimes people get an assumption that either if you're raised as a as a PK kid, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and especially a father who writes books like Crazy Love, mm-hmm. that you're just, I guess, kind of have immunity that you instantly will get into heaven and that you just naturally fall into your faith and you live mm-hmm. boldly and you're just a woman after God's own heart, right? So tell mm-hmm. me what... When you came to your own saving knowledge of Christ and how that happened and then meeting Justin Mm -hmm. and then having Lily and then now she is getting ready, uh, Splash family, (laughs) to embark Mm -hmm. on an opportunity over in Hong Kong. I know your family's prayed about that and I know that the coronavirus is out. So I want to go back and talk Mm -hmm. about all of this because naturally people are like, what are you doing? I want to go back first and go, where did your faith start for you? Right. Not that your mom and dad were Francis and Lisa Chan. That doesn't make you saved and you get to go to heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wish it did. I didn't have to try so hard. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I love you. I love you. The vacation process sucks for everyone. Um, uh, Pretty sure I'm not immune to that. Oh, Um, I love it. Yeah. I I came to the Lord when I was um, 
I mean, I had a very rocky coming to the Lord. I would say it was like, you know, four years of kind of really realizing, I mean, you know, it's the age of reason, 12 years old. I, right. I would say from 12 to 15, I was really wrestling with my faith. Um, but it wasn't until I was 15 that I would say um, a, my own fear of the Lord, like, happened in my heart. Like, I just, I genuinely was like, um, I feared God to the point of of realizing He was perfect, I was a sinner, and I was wrong before Him, and that if I didn't really commit my life to Him, if I didn't actually love Him, if I didn't actually believe He sent His Son to die for my sins, that I would ultimately face judgment one day, and I knew uh, with the way way my heart was, um, he would turn me away. And mm. I, it, it was just a genuine fear that I had that I had never had before. Um, you know, growing up, it's it's like I knew great things about the Lord, and I I think I believed in my mind that God was real. And I mean, I didn't think about it that hard, but I believed it. Um, it wasn't like I ever struggled with whether or not the Bible was true or whether or not Jesus was alive, but I was never like convicted in my heart. Um, I never actually mourned over my own sin and saw my need for Jesus. And um, it was when I was 15 that I really realized um, I am broken. I am, I have a bent towards sinning and I can't love God unless he changes my heart. And I, I just remember um, praying after my parents had found out about a, a lot of sin in my life they, um, I, that I had been lying about. And they, they found right. it out, and they kind of said, you know, we have parented you these 15 years, and, um, you know, when, when you've done something like this, we've punished you, but this time we're just not going to punish you Um we really don't know what else to do, but it really seems like you don't get it, um, that you don't really love the Lord, and, and we are not going to just punish you. You have to choose how you want to live your life, and if this is how you want to live your life, go for it. And I just remember kind of, almost kind of not being left to my own, that like my parents abandoned me or anything, but I I no longer had anybody like, you know, telling me what was right, blah, 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 blah. It was like, if you want to live a life of sin, you may do so. We're not going to force you to try to obey God. And, and we've tried to help you see how to obey God, and you just keep turning towards your sin. So I just remember that day that we had that conversation. I went to a park, um, and I just prayed, and I I really, I genuinely felt desperate um, for the first mm. time in my life, not because I had, not because I felt you know, worried that my parents were not going to even trust me anymore. It was just, I was genuinely fearful for my own life. I was just like, wow, I really don't get it. And Lord, who am I? And do I even know you? And I don't think I do. And, and change me. And it was from that moment on, really, that the Lord um, just put a love in my heart for Him. He convicted me of sin, but convicted me that He loved me and had provided the sacrifice that I needed. And um, ever since then, I have believed on the Lord, and um, not that it's been this perfect journey, but I would say it's since then that I know my faith is my own. And how old were you when, I'm forgetting exactly how old you were when you guys moved from Simi, you know, here Cornerstones, this mega church, buddy, you know, we were going there, and then Francis feels called to 
San Francisco. Asia. San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Asia and then San Francisco. Right? Yeah, right. He, he feels called to go there, and you're in what grade at that time? So I was. Did you just finish high school? Left Simi Valley. You, so that was like your was, high school years. Right, right, right. So we left my sophomore year. Um, the first semester of my sophomore year, I was overseas, and then I I started public high school in San Francisco, my second semester of sophomore year. Wow. So yeah, that was definitely a crazy a crazy, crazy time in my life. And it was, it was in that time, because um, I turned 15 while we were overseas, and it was when I came back that everything, you know, crumbled, but then the Lord brought redemption. Um, so, yeah, a lot happened in those two years of transition. <laughs> I want to be sure nobody missed a really key word that you said. I spoke about it in one of the previous podcasts, and I actually spoke on it last year about how we can fully become redeemed in Christ. Like as you're sharing your story, you're now redeemed, right? You, when you made that decision, mm-hmm. your parents are like, hi, I can't make you super Christian or like just mm-hmm. so that you can have behaviorism, but your heart is living independently. You said right. you went to the park and you were desperate. Right, right. God loves desperate people. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of the, the woman who got down in the crowd and she crawls just to touch the hem of God's robe. And he goes, you're healed. Jesus's robe, you're healed. Or the buddies, the friends who try to get their buddy in to see Jesus, but there's huge crowds. So they cut a hole in the ceiling. They're just desperate. Or the thief on the cross next to Jesus who goes, when you, when we leave here, will you remember me? Mm-hmm. And he goes, today you'll be in paradise. He was desperate. And it's like, that's where we need to get as followers of Jesus. We need to get to a place where we're so desperate. And he goes, great, now I can redeem you. Come to the end of yourself as fast as you can. Pull over right now if you need to. Rachel was at a park. It's not a big deal. But you need to understand that you are not the savior of your life. And that is why you aren't getting where you need to go. You need to let him lead. So... Now, fast forward, you finish high school in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You get known there. I, I know I visited you several times. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Rachel. Um, Rachie, but then you fell in love with Justin. And I was at mm-hmm. your wedding. It was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit older than you. Which you yes. need, absolutely, because you've been mature beyond your years. I called her a little Barbara Walters when she was four years old. Um, and so tell me how... Married life spin. You've been married now for over three years. Yes, a little over three years. You yes. have a two-year-old baby, Lily, who's just uh-huh. adorable. How old's Lily? Yes, she's two. two. She, she just turned two. Two, yeah, oh. turned two in December. And then you have a baby on the way. Yes, I do. I am six months pregnant, girl. Six months. She wow. looks so. Yeah, she doesn't look six months pregnant. Um, <laughs> she feels six months. Yes, and now <laughs> your family feels you're in this potential opportunity to move to Hong Kong, yes. pregnant yes. with a two-year-old and your yes. husband following the lead of your husband, he prayed about wow. this, to go over and do ministry wow. and mm-hmm. the coronavirus hits and what right. happens to you, right? Oh my gosh. Oh Everything my I had thought I had working for me, I was like, I have all the faith. <laughs> like seven days ago, I was like, I have no faith. <laughs> it's so true. So true. So tell me when your parents, because obviously you're a grown woman now, you're married, you you have Lily, and 
mom and dad are going off to Hong Kong doesn't mean that you guys have to leave the ministry that you and Justin are doing in San Francisco at all. Right, I mean, you guys right. are, you know, down in or wait. Yeah. They're in the tenderloin there, <laughs> no, but they don't know about bit? this yet. They don't oh, know about the oh, virus okay. yet. Okay, okay. So we're jumping the gun. So they don't know about the, anything of that yet. They last year, okay. cause I remember even yeah. at talking with Francis and Lisa and they're like, we're going to go to Hong mm-hmm. Kong. Right. And then you, Justin starts praying your husband because yes. he's involved with, we are church right. down there in project Bayview and all of that that right. goes on. So he's doing amazing things for mm-hmm. Christ. It's not like you're, you know, you guys are living large on a yacht in Beverly Hills or anything. I mean, you're down <laughs> where, I mean, I wouldn't want to live there, not to be rude, but they're like down <laughs> in the thing. Yeah, well. And you, Justin comes to you and he says, what, Rach? What does he say to you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was like a very when he first told me that he was feeling the leading to go to Hong Kong, it was almost like bittersweet to me because when my parents presented us with the opportunity to go, I felt two things. I was like, okay, well, if they go, which they're going, and we stay, I lose my family, and that will be hard. Mm. Um, but mm. on second thought, I, I'm not sure I want to go to Hong Kong. And right. I don't know that I want to move um, right now, and I have a right. I have a toddler. I'm like, I don't know, and 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 so I was never, you know, I was kind of wondering like, what is Justin going to say? And um, we had, you know, brief conversations, but then one night he just kind of said, "Babe, I've been praying, and I really feel like the Lord is leading us to go to Hong Kong as well." And he he wow. gave me his reasons why. Some of it was through prayer, like just genuinely feeling confirmed in the spirit and then other things were like logistically how it just makes sense and like what what we would offer to um, the ministry in Hong Kong Mm. and so I was kind of like okay like yeah like I I want to trust you and 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 the thing is too Shaleen is it's like and I mean here shout out to all the parents trying to live by faith it's like it does help your children to also live by faith Mm. because the reason why I'm even like, like when, when, you know, you, you've seen where I live, it's like, sure. it's not big, but in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't even consider it a sacrifice, honestly. Like, it's not even a big deal to me because there's so many things, crazy things that my parents have done in faith throughout my life to right. where there's a lot of things that maybe some people would find difficult that just aren't difficult for me. Um, right. And, and so that's the only thing I would say is like the superpower I have is just that my parents live by faith so that it is definitely there's things that are easier for me to give up that may be harder for another person. Um, because so that, that was splashed mean, on you at a young, Rachel would come home from school and she'd go, oh, by the way, honey, 33 people are living in your bedroom with you now. <laughs> oh, okay, mom. You know, like she yeah, never blinked yeah. about it. A normal right. teenager would be like, what? Right. Yeah. I don't want to share right, a bathroom. Right, right. I don't want to do, right. but the Chan's always yes, had people living with them. Mm-hmm. So she's always yeah. seen that mom and dad give up their master bedrooms for a convicted felon right. who gets out of prison with his wife and kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, they just, this is what mm-hmm. she grew up with. Right. She'd come home from mm-hmm. high school and wouldn't know who'd be in the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. there's so a lot of truth to that and you know Kirk even mentioned that Barbara's son when he was on the show more is caught than taught with children mm-hmm. they're watching you there more mm-hmm. is caught than taught and so you mm-hmm. you caught that you caught that that faith that root started growing in some really rich soil at a young age mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now you're in your 20s and you're going your husband comes to you and he goes because if Bryce came to me when I was 20 because I married him at 21 and said, we're going to Hong Kong. I go, Hong Kong, nothing. 
And I would have missed out on the blessing. I would have missed out on the blessing. I was living Shalene world and Mm -hmm. I was living outside of the will of God. Mm -hmm. I would have been Mm -hmm. living independently of what God's plan Mm -hmm. is. Because the reality Mm -hmm. is, is if God doesn't want you there, the the plane won't get off the ground. I mean, it's like as we walk in faith. So you actually are in the safest place you can be if you're on God's. So you then say yes. And then how long after that do you find out you're pregnant? So I found out I was pregnant probably maybe two months after we made the decision. And I was like, dang, like, that is so, so not time. Um, and I mean, there's nothing I could do. Um, and I, oh my gosh, I wrestled so much for like two weeks. Like, oh my gosh, like, Lord, I... I'm, I have, like, no joy about this pregnancy because I'm right. just so, like, how are we going to do all of this? Um, and the Lord just had mercy on me. I mean, I mm. for, he just changed my heart, gave me all this excitement to have another baby. And I just I, I just kind of was like, you know, it's going to be okay. And I, I just kind of in that way where it's like, you know, the Lord gives you a fearlessness and you just say thank you and you move forward. And, and so we didn't dwell on that for too long. But the, I would say the hardest part about this entire experience yeah. I mean, the hardest part, I, I feel that this, the last two weeks have been some of the hardest two weeks I have ever experienced in my life. I'm like, this is definitely, you know, the hardest thing I've done since giving birth. <laughs> mm. um, Meaning the I, outbreak of the coronavirus? The outbreak, yes. Sure. So like, you know, Walk us like through two that. weeks ago, suddenly we hear about this virus. Well, we heard about it a month ago, but it wasn't as big of a deal at that point. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't concerning me. Um, but then about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I started getting all of these text messages from people in Hong Kong, um, people not in Hong Kong, um, text from everyone just saying, don't come. Um, it's not safe for you. They, I literally was told like all the pregnant people are leaving Hong Kong. Um, the medical staff are on strike. The labor department, um, was really hit by that. Um, like, People are not, there's no private hospitals that are seeing fever patients right now. Like, I, I literally was hearing so many things that were terrifying to me. And I I had a panic attack last sure. week. Sure. You're never giving had me one right now. Before. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, I was overwhelmed with fear. And um, somebody sent me a text that said, uh, it was just, I, I had received many texts scripture but this scripture was um uh he knew all the days that were formed for you Mm. when as yet none of them had happened um it says all the days you were ever to live were written down in god's book before any of them took place and that's in psalm 139 and i know that verse well um i have you know that i've always loved psalm 139 um but reading that, it just reminded me, like, <clears throat> I can't live a single day of my life um, that isn't already ordained for me. Like, all of my fear is, it doesn't need to, I, I don't need to be afraid um, if I believe that God loves me, cares about me, has considered me, has considered that I have a toddler, that I'm pregnant. Hmm. He's considered all those things. And if I believe that he loves me and knows every hair on my head, he will 
protect me, provide for me, and if I should get the virus, if he should allow that, it's because he, in his loving kindness, in his absolute understanding and insight and absolute care as a shepherd, he has allowed that to happen for my good and for his glory. And there's no need to be afraid um, because the, the thing that makes me most afraid is, well, Lord, you know, these, these dumb thoughts of like, what if I go and it's not actually your will, so then you're not protecting me. Mm. But that's so not aligned with his character. I mean, it says that two sparrows are sold for a penny and we're of much more value than they. And not one of those sparrows dies unless God allows it to happen. That's what he says in Scripture. Not one of those sparrows falls to the ground apart from your Father's command. And how much more my life, how much more would I not get any sickness unless God commanded it to happen. And the Lord says, um, like, those who put their trust in Him will never be put to shame, and I don't have faith if I am riddled with fear, um, because I don't believe that God really loves me. I don't believe that He really knows the hair on my head, and I don't believe He's big enough to prevent a virus. And then if I get the virus, I think it's because He wasn't paying attention to me or He forgot about me. None of those things are true. Mm. What's true is that he has every capability of protecting me from the virus. He doesn't have any ill will towards me. He considered me to the point of shedding his own son's blood. And as a parent, you know that's the highest price you can pay is your child's blood. Yes. And so he has considered me to the point of shedding blood on a cross. And he will consider me in this move, and he considers me today. And so that's what I have to remind myself of. And then should he call upon me to suffer for his name's sake by getting the virus, to suffer for his name's sake by being tortured? Who knows? I mean, the end of the world is coming for all believers. Mm -hmm. And Scripture says that it will become difficult for all believers um, through trials and persecution. And... Are we going to believe that He loves us and will give us the courage? And I loved my dad said uh, last week, like, I don't know that God ever takes away the fear of torture, the fear of pain, but I do believe He gives the courage that we need to endure till the end. And I want that courage. I want to grow in my faith and like, like I said, I had a panic attack. Like I, it's not like fear is not a part of my life. It's sure. not like I don't deal with it. Um, yeah, you're not a I super Christian. Like, like that. yeah, right. 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 I'm not, I am. And, and like you were saying, pull over on the side of the road. If you have not repented, if you have not come to a place of desperation, it's like, even if you've been walking with the Lord, but the Lord's calling you to something hard, like you can get to that place of desperation again and the That's Lord right. will help you. It's like you can, you cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Um, and so I've just been learning that, like, you know, in all my fear, it's when I'm truly desperate and I'm like, Lord, unless you protect us, I just, there's nothing I can do to ensure my safety or ensure my children's safety. But um, another thing I loved that my dad said last week at our pastor's training, pastors and wives training, it was like, um, the greatest thing you can do for your children is not stay alive. 
the greatest Yeah, he did thing. a sermon. Yes, tell me about that. That right, sermon right. that he, he talked about, about how life is being is precious. Yes. As we right. grow older, yeah. Yes, right, right, right. So he said, um, he was talking about this in Acts that says, uh, let me pull it up, it says, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And he just talked about how, you know, in America, the way, the way our culture is, um, you know, even Christian culture, um, and also if anybody remembers that balance team YouTube video, that was like one of my dad's most well-known It's videos. so good. Um, we got to put that up. Right? It's yeah. Like, right. So he's been sticking by his word for a long time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just like how it's like, it, it almost seems opposite in America. It's like the older you get, the more precious your life becomes. It's like, you know, you get married. Suddenly it's like, okay, well, I don't know that I want to put my spouse in danger. I don't know that I want to serve God. I want to enjoy my life with my husband, my wife. Then you have a child and you're like, okay, wow, this is like, I've, I've never experienced this before. My heart is walking around on two legs and I don't know if I can have faith now. And then you have four children and then you have grandchildren and it's like your life just becomes so precious to you that if Christ were to call upon you to die or if Christ were to call upon you to move to Hong Kong when there's a virus, that seems like the worst possible thing in your life. <laughs> And there's believers around the world who are suffering for Christ's name. Right who now. Are, yeah, who right now, who are living a life of faith, who will never be noticed, never be known. No one will ever know what they did, but God will. And they're suffering for His name's sake, and they're laying it all down um, because they know that Christ is worthy, and they know that their life is not precious, that the only preciousness we have from this life is knowing God. And um, it's so easy. Oh my gosh, I've never felt more like that I sympathize with everyone who finds their life precious. I'm like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I My life has become more precious to me since becoming a mother. Like it sure. has. Yeah. And it's like in this decision to move, I've had to consider like the verse that says, if you don't hate your own children, right? That's you're the verse I was thinking of. A disciple, mm-hmm. right? Right, and it's that's a heavy verse, and it's it's it just makes you realize, like, man, I need to know this Jesus. I need to know and behold Him, so that His glory, beauty, worth, love, everything wonderful about Him becomes so real to me that everything else pales in comparison and that my love for Jesus would lead me to obey him no matter what the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's doing that in America is very hard because mm-hmm. people don't push you to really spend time seeking God's face. They don't push you to spend time um, knowing God and really being quiet and still before him. It's like, just focus on the family, just live your life. Um, Mm. And it's very difficult then to have faith, and it's very difficult um, for even me to make this decision to be willing to go should the Lord lead that way. Um, but the last thing he said, my dad said, not the last, the last thing, but one of the things he said was, the best thing I can do for my children is not stay alive. <laughs> he was like, 
There's plenty of dads that stay alive. I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> um, but she said... Um, <laughs> Come on, Dad, where are you going best, with this? Yes, yeah, like, okay, we get it. Um, but the best thing we can do for our children is to show them you have faith, to show them God is worth sacrificing everything for. He's like, I want my children, even if I should die, because again, living's not the most important thing I could do for them. I want them to know my dad counted the cost and believed Christ was worthy of it all, and he was willing to sacrifice it all for his name's sake. And therefore, let me do the same. And and like, yeah, what your, what, Barbara, what your son was saying about the children, what was it? What was it? More, kids, catch? more is caught than taught. Yeah. More is caught than taught. There you go. Um, it's so true. It's even hard to explain, so you don't even realize it until later in life that, like, yes, your parents, conviction that Christ was worthy has become your own conviction. Like, it's it's like a subtle impartation of like, wow, yeah, no, I understand that Christ is worthy. I've seen people sacrifice it all, my parents, you know what I mean? Mm. And um, I want that for Lily. Like, I want her to have even more faith and courage than I do. Um, and I'm struggling so much. And how awesome would it be if when Lily's my age, she doesn't even bat an eyelid. She's just like, yeah, Lord, if if there's people that need to hear your word, if there's work to be done over here, of course I'll go. It doesn't even count her life as precious at all. I'm like, I'm over here struggling in the face. I'm like, Lord, help me. Help me to count you more worthy. Reveal to me your glory, your beauty, so that it's easier, so that I so that you are what I desire most and that everything else tells in comparison. And how awesome would it be if my daughter's could one day be called upon to do something hard for Christ, and they're so filled with faith, so convinced that Christ loves them, that God's love is covering them in such a way that it surpasses, it eclipses any danger, it eclipses any fear. I mean, that would be so awesome. And mm. as a parent, I want that for my children. Like, I don't know where this world is heading but it seems to be getting darker and darker. It does seem like the, like the Lord is coming back. Yes. And it's going to become harder and harder, even in America, to honor God and to stand up for His name. And what are you doing for your children to model faith, to model that Christ is worthy, and that even if our reward isn't until we meet God face to face, it's going to be worth it. I mean, so many times in Scripture, it looks like, the person who put their trust in God is the loser. I mean, it looked like that when Christ was on the cross. It mm. looked like that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to go into the furnace. Totally. It looks like, you know, the worst thing ever, um, death, mm. torture. But what was waiting for them behind that was, well, what was waiting for Jesus was seating, being seated at the right hand of God with a name above every name, the name at which every knee will bow, and he was greatly rewarded for his obedience. And we will all be greatly rewarded for the obedience that we show here on this earth. Um, so cultivate that life of faith now. Do the things you need to do now so that it's easier for your children, so that they believe that Christ is worthy of any and everything. Wow, Rach. I know. I just, just I feel like, like as a I, mom, I failed in terms of my faith walk and just yeah. wanting to 
protect my kids or keep right. them safe. And that's why having friendships with your mom and dad have been mm. so paramount, even in my life. Their faith has grown mm. my faith. And yet I don't think in America we get to rub up against living sacrifice, walking the earth right now. We read about it. Mm-hmm. We'll read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or about mm-hmm. Noah, or, or Moses, and and or Esther. But I'm like, who's walking the earth right now? I'm like, oh, well, Rachel Chan is. Mm-hmm. That's she's, <laughs> she's being a living sacrifice for Christ and living out mm-hmm. the gospel on earth. And we are so busy trying to tattoo the word faith on us that we mm. don't really even know what it means. Because in listening mm. to you, I'm so convicted. And I just want to apologize not only to you, but to anyone else that I've maybe interfered and mm. said, you know, I mean, well, maybe God's sending you a sign with the coronavirus, so don't go. Like, wait, mm-hmm. wait and see. And and yet, like, I have no business saying that. Mm. I didn't hear that from mm. God. Right. That was a statement mm. out of fear. Right. And I think, mm. you know, how do we shut up those voices? Because I'm sure you've heard a lot, like you said, all those text messages coming in. Well, I, I think that goes back to my point earlier when I said, how do you discern whether right. you're going to go or not? And as I listened to Rachel and her faith and 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 who she's listening to. Right. And, the and who's courage, in control of her life. Who's in control. I mean, Rachel. <sighs> Man. How old are you, Rachel? You're 20. I'm 24. My goodness. My goodness. I'm just yeah, like, I mean, like she how gets wise, it. Like you, how... The wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing that because like... that's going to blow everybody away. <laughs> no, I'm just like, that was like a There's tsunami. There's not going to be any water. There's in no the more pool water in the splash zone. The spla- there is no water. No, but hey, what a you don't testament. Call it splash zone. For, for nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So my question that I was going to wait to hear mm. from you and not call you on a sidebar, if you guys were still going, you've answered. When do you well, leave? So here's the crazy thing. <laughs> yes. As of yesterday night, our flight was canceled. Wow. And it's canceled through April 24th. See, I mean, just saying, like, That's right. God is still in oh, control. Just you just totally gave oh, me the my goodness. to start. So, okay, but, but the story doesn't end there. Okay, so tell <laughs> us. This is like breaking out, news right now. I started to be like, we no longer have to battle in the face. Oh, and what a like, then, then, then here's the next thing that happened this morning. Um, there are still some flights through a different airline that can get you to Hong Kong. And not only that, but I heard some news. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's on the internet, so I don't think it's something I can't share. But right. I got some pretty grave news that uh, stopped me in my tracks this morning. Basically, um, there's some leadership that was put in place in Hong Kong that could mean um, that public worship becomes even more difficult um, for the believers in Hong Kong. And, And my dad sent the family, we have a family group text, and he just said it. It's become more important than ever that the that the believers in Hong Kong are encouraged and taught how to worship in homes and how to um, get ready for potential um, stripping of public worship. And I say that I'm like I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that, but it, it was an article online, so yeah, it's like yeah, no, not like it's private information, but. Right. 
I, I heard that this morning and gosh, my heart is like so torn because mm. it's like, wow, our flights were canceled. Are we supposed to take that as a sign? Yeah. <laughs> or do we, do we consider the people of Hong Kong and what they're going through? And it, it's hard not to think that, you know, my husband's been an elder of our house churches. Um, we have like, you know, a 20 something house churches in, in the Bay area. And my husband has been a pastor here for, um, four years now, five years. Um, and does the Lord want us to go and love on Hong Kong and help them in this time of transition? I mean, who knows what God is doing? Um, I mean, even so, it's like, again, it's like, like roller coaster, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> roller, it's a t- roller coaster. Just the tug of your heart. You're just like, coaster. oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Wow. And, and, and it was so cool because last night when Justin and I were talking about how the flights had gotten canceled, um, he brought up the Israelites at the Red Sea. And Justin said, you know, God brought the Israelites so that their backs were literally against the Red Sea, he didn't, it's not like they just showed up and the sea happened to be parted and they were like, awesome, let's go. It was like, there was an army was about to come kill them. Yeah. And the Lord parted the sea. And, and I was like, I added, I was like, and the army came in after them. Like, <sighs> like mm. they're thinking like, well, is there going to be like, I don't know, some kind of, is it going to come down right away or what? But the Lord like, let the army come in after them and didn't swallow up the enemy until they were halfway down the Red Sea with them. Right. Um, and and then, like, even when you think about the Israelites, when they complained about being hungry, it's like, they got to, the Lord led them to a place of hunger. They, he didn't just feed them all the time. Um, he didn't just give them water all the time. It, so many times the Lord, you know, not puts your back against the wall, but puts your back against the wall. Like, he, he brings you to a place of, desperation and and it's this journey to show you he is with you and so i i can honestly say i don't know what my life is going to look like in the next four weeks i mean we've been talking about moving to other asian countries like i don't know i don't know where i'm having my baby i don't know Mm. any of these things Mm. and so yeah i invite all prayers please for guidance um and just that the lord would confirm for us what he wants us to do but the safest place any of us can be is in his will. Mm-hmm. So true. Wow. You know, it's it's interesting. I've had so many guests on this show. And I think because of my, like, selfishly, my love for you. And, you know, your parents are, like, some of our best friends. It's, like, it's so mm-hmm. easy to selfishly mm-hmm. put your opinion Mm-hmm. That means nothing mm-hmm. in the narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's very dangerous mm-hmm. because God isn't bound by our time or our thoughts or mm-hmm. or our comfort or our safety. He's like, you want to follow mm-hmm. me, pick up your cross mm-hmm. and follow me, deny mm-hmm. yourself. We don't deny ourselves in America no, anything. Don't. And so I'm so... S- Please forgive me, Rach, if I've ever told you not to do something because I just love you so much and mm. want to keep you near me, you know? Mm. And it's so lame mm. in comparison to mm. what God is doing in and through you, your family, mm. your faith for God. Mm. And 
Al, mm-hmm. you know, I just, first of all, I want to thank you for joining us mm-hmm. um, in the Splash Zone. I want to have you on again um, because I feel like there needs to be like a part two, three, yes, four. I want to stay yes, a part of this does. journey. I mean, <laughs> I think we need to have a documentary following this whole thing. It's 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 epic. It's epic to see mm, the hands and faith. feet of Jesus right. living out faith. Yeah. And we use that word so loosely yes. and we don't really know what it means. And I feel like mm. you just dropped a bomb on mm-hmm. us in terms of people looking who are listening, at ourselves, just taking examining the yourself, yes. And looking at our own hearts. And, and um, what are you doing today yeah. that requires faith? Yep. That doesn't require mm-hmm. your credit card, doesn't nope. require your mm-hmm. boss, doesn't require your spouse, your friend group, your church group, your Bible study. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about faith that you have mm-hmm. no clue what's going to happen. She just woke up this morning, finds out yesterday her flight's canceled, finds out today there's another flight out you can get to. They're being persecuted. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go show up and help those people and encourage them mm-hmm. <sighs> in the name of Jesus. <laughs> So thank you, Rach, for coming thank you so much Rach. and yes, joining us. I love you. Me. I love you. And I am I love you. so proud of you. And it's like it's not often you can point to someone and people go, Well, show me a Christian that's really living for Jesus in 2020. I don't know, right here. Yeah. Rachel, mm. Rachel Clark, right here, Rachel and Justin. I just I'm so proud of <laughs> you. And we will be praying, and our whole yes, splash family will be praying as you embark on this journey wherever God is leading you, if it's Hong mm-hmm. Kong, if it's Thailand, if it's wherever. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like we're the ones that are in danger listening right now. Mm. This is what my big concern is. This comfortable, fat, overfed Americans that we're sitting here seeing we have Jesus tattooed on our arm or we have a cute little bumper sticker or we wear a cross around our neck and we do nothing with the message. So Mm. I just, um, in love, want to encourage us, and I'm speaking to myself, that we need to get desperate and we need to get to a place where we can renew our minds and fix our eyes on things to come and not on these earthly things. Because you're right, this time is so temporary. Um, and I can't wait to speak to you again and get updates. And um, yes. our listeners are going to make a total commitment. And I am personally just yes. to be praying for you. Um So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing so lovingly and so you're so honest and open. Um, (laughs) I can barely close. I'm just like, ah. Um, (laughs) I love you so much. I love you. Um, And until next time, you know, you guys, um, (sighs) splash your faith up this week. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Figure it out. It's the most important splash you can make. Um, You don't want to be faking this. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.